Let me tell you what my deep research and basically vision is. I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> the aliens won't let it happen. <laughs> Happening now, breaking. Bernie Sanders is a Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> what are the tips? Give me some tips on how to work with Wes Anderson. Um, be ready to speak very fast and very <laughs> clearly because that's definitely one key thing. Until you and six kids you barely know in wet bathing suits have surrounded nine chimpanzees outside of a Wendy's, you probably really don't know yourself, okay? Yep. And we back. Hello and welcome. You're listening to your new favorite podcast and the best in political sports and paranormal news coverage. I'm your host, Wes Anderson, and this is In the Shed. This is episode 59, so whether you're back for more or finding us for the first time this week, hey, thanks for tuning in. It is late. Super, super late. Sunday evening, March the 12th, and I am in a shed in the backyard of my home in Alabama. Also, I can break down March Madness with you, my babies, my tools, my people. Let's go. back my tools back in the shed again didn't record a single episode for two months and here we are recording our second episode in just a matter of a couple of days why why because it is march madness have you filled out your bracket if not pull it out get it in front of you because we are going to break it down together Our In the Shed with Wes Anderson March Madness Extravaganza 2023 is here. An emergency broadcast to take a look at the field of 68 teams and see what we think is going to happen. I have not even seen the brackets yet. And we're going to break it down tonight together. So pull out your bracket. Get your quill pen ready. Dip that bad boy in some ink. And let's pick some winners together. And let's jump right in. In the South region, the number one seed is the Alabama Crimson Tide. No surprise there. The Crimson Tide uh, had a phenomenal season going 29-5 and and winning the SEC both in the regular season and the SEC tournament in Nashville earlier today. And they take on a 16 seed, the winner of a play-in game, between Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Southeastern Missouri. 
and I feel like it doesn't even matter which of those teams win. The Crimson Tide just have too much talent. Brandon Miller and company, uh, despite what we talked about in the last episode and whatever has happened off the court, on the court, they are a very good basketball team. Uh, exceptional defensively, well coached. They move the ball well on offense, and they make it into the second round, defeating either of those teams that they face. I do think it's pretty fun that for defeating Texas A&M in the SEC title game, Alabama now gets to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi if they win their first round game against Southeastern Missouri. In the 8-9 matchup in that region, you have the Maryland Terrapins, the 8th seed, who take on the West Virginia Mountaineers, the 9th seed. Maryland has gone 21-12 on the year 11-9 in their conference, while West Virginia is 19-14 overall with a conference record of 7-11. And And this is the first opportunity to mess up your bracket. Um... Maryland has been the more consistent basketball team. They are the team that I think most people would choose to win this matchup. But I'm going with the Mountaineers. I'm going with the West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia has a history of performing well in the tournament. I think that they're a little bit more battle-tested this year. They looked mighty good against my Auburn Tigers earlier this year. I'm glad to see them make the field of 68. I kind of had them as one of my bubble teams. I'm going with West Virginia, the 9 seed to advance in this matchup. In the 5-12 matchup in the South region, you have the San Diego State Aztecs at 27-6 overall in the season, taking on the College of Charleston Cougars, who stand at 31-3. And it's very popular to take 12s over 5. We always see a 12 seed or 2 defeat a 5 seed. And College of Charleston did beat Virginia Tech this year. However, I'm sticking with chalk with this one. I'm going with the San Diego State Aztecs. I think that they are a better basketball team. They only give up 63.5 points a game. I have them advancing in this matchup. While we always see 12s over 5, the thing that tends to be more tempting to me in filling out a bracket is picking a 13 over a 4. In this region, we have the 4 seed, uh, the Virginia Cavaliers, against the 13 seed Furman. And Furman is 27-7 and on the year. They can score the basketball. Uh, Virginia is a team that is prone, as we have seen before, to be upset early in the tournament. But I just don't see it happening here. Uh, Furman has not played a single top 25 team all year. They play in a weak conference. I have chalk again. Virginia advancing to the second round. The 6-11 game in the South is my Creighton Blue Jays taking on the North Carolina State Wolfpack. And this is one that a lot of people will take the Wolfpack. Uh, They play in a better conference. They play more top 25 teams. But not so fast. Not so fast. Creighton is 21-12 and on the year, but to me that is a little bit misleading. They're a good basketball team. They average 77 points a game. And actually this year... Their record against the top 25 teams is 5-7. and seven. They've played 12 top 25 teams, whereas North Carolina State has only played 4. I told you Creighton was the team to watch. Give me the Blue Jays. So far, we have nothing but chalk in the South. The next game in the South region puts the Baylor Bears against University of California Santa Barbara. Baylor is 22-10. 
They have one of the better coaches in all of college basketball in Scott Drew. Uh, They're battle-tested. They have beaten a lot of good basketball teams this year. But they also lost to Marquette by 26 points. They lost to Kansas State twice. They lost to Iowa State three times. Give me the Gauchos. I'm calling an upset. Give me the Gauchos. UCSB at 27-7 on the year. The 14th seed upsets the Baylor Bears, sends them packing in the first round. We have our first upset of the tournament. The 7-10 game in the South features the Missouri Tigers at 24-9 on the year out of the SEC versus the Utah State Aggies at 26-8 overall. And Utah State has a good basketball program. Uh, They've been consistently competitive. They've been in the NCAA tournament. I just think Missouri is too good. They have too much talent. They play too good of defense. I've watched them play many times this year. Give me Missouri. The two seed in the South is the Arizona Wildcats. They play the Princeton Tigers. Battle of a couple cats. Um, A 15 seed has won two years in a row in the NCAA tournament in the first round. It might happen again, but not in this game. Arizona wins and wins handily despite Princeton's really cool uniforms and all the back cuts that they do. Okay, we're done with the South region for the first round. We're moving over to the East region where the one seed Purdue Boilermakers take on the winner of Texas Southern and Farley Dickinson. Um, and I would I would love to pick a team called Farley Dickinson and maybe Farley Dickinson beats Texas Southern. But neither of those squads are beating Purdue. Purdue moves on there. In the 8-9 matchup in the East, you have the Memphis Tigers, the 8th seed at 26-8 overall, versus the Florida Atlantic Owls, who sit at 31-3 on the year. And Florida Atlantic is one of the teams that I gave you, one of the teams that I told you to watch that I believe is capable of making a run. And look, Memphis is one of the better fast-break teams in the country. Uh, Memphis has a couple of dynamic guards. Memphis played a much tougher schedule than did Florida Atlantic. But the truth is, and we all know it, the truth is, you could not touch an owl. You couldn't. If an owl was right in front of you, you couldn't touch the owl. And that's facts. Give me Florida Atlantic, the 9, advancing over the 8. And I'll be honest, this is one of my tendencies that gets me in trouble when filling out a bracket. I almost always take the 9 over the 8. Give me the Owls. The 5-12 game in the East features the Duke Blue Devils and the Oral Roberts. The Oral Roberts. Golden Eagles, that's what they are. The or- <laughs> I had to look that one up. I don't know what Oral Roberts is. I know they're a private Christian school. Look, look, Oral Roberts is 30-4 and four on the year. They average an ungodly 85 points a game. They can score the basketball. This is an, a 5-12 matchup that really could go in favor of the 12th seed. But I'm taking John Shire and the ACC champions. I just think Duke will be too much for Oral Roberts. Duke rebounds 56% of their missed shots. And that's incredible. Blue Devils advance. 
The 413 matchup in the East is the 4 seed Tennessee Volunteers versus the 13 seed Louisiana Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns are 26 and 7 on the year. They do average 78 points a game, but they will not score 78 points in this game. Um, Tennessee has had a key injury to their star guard. However, they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation. If you have not watched Tennessee play, what makes it possible for them to make a run even despite the injury to their star guard is the fact that they play elite defense. I never trust a Rick Barnes team. I trust them in this situation. Tennessee moves on. The 6-11 game in this region puts the Kentucky Wildcats against the Providence Friars. And these teams are pretty similar. Um, both teams feature 21-11 and 11 records overall. Kentucky is 2-4 against top 25 teams. Providence is 3-5 against top 25 teams. Both teams average between 75 and 78 points. And look, Ed Cooley's Friars have a very efficient offense. And Kentucky does not play the defense that we're used to under John Calipari. But I just expect Kentucky to show up and win this basketball game. I don't think that Oscar Shibway will go out in the first round against Providence this year. I think Kentucky makes good on all of their failure from last year, and I think that they win this game. Kentucky is a team that could make a run if they are healthy, and I think they win this one. And I'll be honest, uh, another one of my faults is that I tend to pick too many 14 seeds over threes, and I'm very tempted in this next matchup here in the East. The three-seed Kansas State Wildcats take on the 14-seed Montana State Bobcats, another cat matchup. Um, somewhere Carol Baskin is very happy that Carol Baskin. And I really want to pick Montana State, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'll, let me build the case for Montana State. Um, Montana State has not lost a game, or maybe they've lost one game since, like, January. Um they are among the nation's top teams in points scored at the free throw line, and we know how defenses tighten up and how tight the, the referees' whistles are in the NCAA tournament. And they're going to slow the pace. They're going to slow Kansas State down. They're going to they're gonna make it a, a low-scoring game. If they can knock down some outside shots, they may pull out the upset. But I'm using my head over my heart. I want to pick Montana State. I'm taking Kansas State. Kansas State moves on. The 7-10 matchup in the East features two teams that, again, are very evenly matched. The 7-seed Michigan State Spartans at 19-12 overall in the year versus USC, the 10-seed at 22-10 out of the Pac-12. Both teams give up 67 points a game. Both teams have four losses against top 25 teams. And I gotta tell you, I just don't believe in the Spartans this year. I just don't. I think that USC pulls out the win here. USC has a, an offense and a defense that both rank top 50 nationally in efficiency. I just think they find a way to win. Their defense inside the three-point line is very, very good. I don't think Tom Izzo's team has it. I think USC moves on. Last game in the region features the two-seed Marquette Golden Eagles versus the 15-seed the University of Vermont. And look, Vermont's had a great year. 23-10, and 10, they made the tournament a uh, wonderful thing. I root for Vermont ever since they had Tom Brennan at the helm. Um, they have a good defense. They only give up 66 points a game. 
They're not beating Marquette. Again, a 15 seed may win again this year. It probably won't be the Catamounts. Moving on to the first round in the Midwest region, the one seed is the Houston Cougars with Kelvin Sampson at 31 and 3 overall in the year versus Northern Kentucky, who has a uh, 22 and 12 record. Um, they also have a BPI rank of 148th in the country, and they're just not going to win. Uh, the Cougars have had an injury. We'll see if if one of their starters is able to play. But even so, uh, they could probably play their second string and win this game. No offense meant toward Northern Kentucky. It is a great accomplishment to make the tournament, and Houston will send you home. The 8-9 matchup in the region features the 8-seed Iowa Hawkeyes and the 9-seed My Auburn Tigers, who get to play in Birmingham. Um, Auburn gets to play in Birmingham, which is very cool. Uh, Auburn only gives up 67 points a game. They have a very good defense. Iowa has uh, one of the better offenses in the country. Uh, They don't shoot the ball so well from deep consistently. Uh, They also have a crazy person as a head coach in Fran McCaffrey. Uh, He is a certifiable crazy person. Watch that man on the sidelines. That will be half the fun of this matchup is watching Fran McCaffrey and Bruce Pearl. Um, I already told you I tend to pick nines over eights. I definitely can see Iowa winning this game. Uh, Auburn struggles to score. Um, against elite competition, Auburn doesn't have consistent enough guard play. They give up far too many offensive rebounds. They turn the ball over too much. They've had consistent issues all season long, but I think they win this game. I don't see Auburn losing to Iowa. Uh, that might be my orange and blue tinted glasses, but I'm going to take my Auburn Tigers, Wendell Green Jr., Zepp Jasper, Jalen Williams and company to get a win in the first round over the Hawkeyes. Uh, If Auburn can manage to muck this game up and make it a low-scoring affair, I think they can pull out a win in round one. Give me my Tigers. The 5-12 matchup in this region features the 5-seed, the Miami Hurricanes, at 25-7 overall on the year versus the Drake Bulldogs who are 27 and 7. Drake is 1 and 0 on the year against top 25 opponents. Miami is 3 and 1 and Miami averages 80 points a game. Miami is a team that can score the basketball. Uh, they're battle tested coming out of the ACC. They're a team that could make a deep run in this tournament. However, I'm going to do something that I will probably regret. <laughs> I haven't picked a 12 over a 5 yet. Um, And here's the thing. Drake only gives up 63 points a game. And Drake has a starting lineup that averages over 23 years old. This is an experienced ball club. The game is being played in New York. Albany, New York. Miami is a long way from home. So on the one hand, I could see Miami being a Sweet 16 team, really making a run. But give me the Bulldogs. I'm taking the Drake Bulldogs. Drake beats Miami. 12 over a 5. Give me the Bulldogs. 
In the Always Dangerous 4 versus 13 matchup in the Midwest, you have the 4 seed Indiana Hoosiers and the 13 seed the Kent State Golden Waves. The Kent State Golden Flashes. Um, look, Kent State is 28 and 6 on the year. They give up 65 points a game. Okay. Uh, they score 77 points a game. This is a good team. I'm going with Indiana. I'm going with Indiana. I gave you Indiana as one of the teams to watch heading into the tournament. They got a four seed at 22 and 11. A little bit surprising. But they're from a very good conference, maybe the best conference in college basketball in the Big Ten. And they're one of the more well-balanced teams in this tournament. They have an All-American center in Trace Jackson Davis. And they also have the Big Ten Freshman of the Year in Jalen Hood Shafino. Alright, they lead the country in hyphenated names. Mike Woodson has it going on there in Bloomington. As the rain really begins to pour, it is uh, it is storming outside. Lightning, thunder, everything. And I'm in my shed at like 1 o'clock in the morning because I love you and I love college basketball. Give me the Hoosiers to advance here. The 6-11 matchup in the Midwest puts the Iowa State Cyclones at 19-13 and 13 overall against the winner of the 11-seed play-in game between the Mississippi State Bulldogs and the Pittsburgh Panthers. Um, and this is really tough to project because you really need to know who wins that play-in game. I do think that Mississippi State would have a much better chance against Iowa State, and I think if Mississippi State wins that game, that they probably do beat Iowa State. But if Pitt wins that game, then Iowa State could pull it out. Give me the Mississippi State Bulldogs winning both. I'll take the 11 over the 6 in this matchup, banking on the fact that it is Mississippi State. And if not, if not, I reserve the right to flip-flop to flip-flop I'm no politician but I, I reserve the right to flip-flop if Pittsburgh pulls it out give me Mississippi State winning both games the three versus the 14 in the Midwest is the three seed Xavier Musketeers versus Kennesaw State out of Georgia Kennesaw State is 26 and 8 on the year they're 15 and 3 in their conference they only give up 69 points a game but I'm going with Xavier this is the first time that Kennesaw State has ever made the tournament while Xavier is 6-5 versus top 25 opponents on the year. Give me the Musketeers in this matchup. The 7-10 game in the Midwest puts the 25-9 Texas A&M Aggies against the 22-13 Penn State Nittany Lions, a.k.a. Mountain Lions. And... Penn State is a solid basketball team, okay. Um, they've certainly done some good things this year. They have uh, split with Illinois. Um, they beat Maryland. They beat Indiana twice. They're a good basketball team. They deserve to be in this tournament as, as a 10 seed. I think Texas A&M wins. Texas A&M is elite defensively. Uh, that's why they're one of the four teams that we gave you to watch. They give up 66 points a game. They have a 4-1 record against the top 25 teams. If Texas A&M can find a way to make some outside shots, they have a chance to go deep in this tournament. Uh, they are beatable. If you bottle them up from the outside, they are beatable. 
but I think they win here. Give me the Aggies. The 215 matchup in the Midwest is the Texas Longhorns at 26 and 8 overall in the year versus some toothpaste. Um some Colgate. And Colgate will whiten your teeth, take care of your gums, and lose in March. Uh <laughs> I apologize to any Colgate alumni who may or may not uh, reside in India and hear this podcast. Um, Texas moves on in this matchup. Moving on to first round play in the West region. The one seed there is the Kansas Jayhawks who take on Howard. Howard is 22-12 and 12, and after this they will be 22-13. and 13. Not a lot to say about this one. Kansas wins big. The 8-9 matchup in the region produces a rarity for me and for this show. A matchup in which I take the 8th seed. The 8th seed Arkansas Razorbacks take on the uh, Fighting Illini from, from Illinois, the 9th seed. Uh, and again, these teams are very even. Arkansas is 20-13 and 13 on the year. Illinois is 20-12. and 12. Both teams give up 67 points a game. Both teams score 74 points a game. But Illinois is one of the worst three-point and free-throw shooting teams in the tournament. And Eric Musselman is one of the top 12 coaches in the country. Give me the Arkansas Razorbacks in a close game that comes down to the wire to advance to the next round. The 5-12 game in the West is St. Mary College against Virginia Commonwealth. Virginia Commonwealth, ever since they made their Final Four run several years ago, is a team I always have fun rooting for and hope to see win. But I think St. Mary's is the better team. They're 2-3 and three against top 25 opponents. Their BPI rank is 19th in the country. I think they pull this one out and they move on to the second round. I already told you that I am a sucker for the 4-13 and 13 matchup. And this is a tough one. The 4 seed, the Yukon Huskies, are a very good team. Dan Hurley uh, took a team that was unranked to begin the season. They've had a great year. They're 25-8. and eight. They were almost one of the 4 teams that I gave you. This is a team that can score the basketball, that can turn you over. I think they could make a deep run. But they come up against an Iona Gales team coached by Rick Pitino. A team that plays very good defense that hasn't lost since January, that doesn't turn the ball over almost ever, who's 27-7 on the year, who's on their revenge tour. Because they should have been in the field of 68 last year. They lost in their conference championship game. They got upset. I'm going with the Gales. I think Rick Pitino, the the evil genius, pulls this one out, finds a way to win, out-schemes Dan Hurley, and the Gales move on to the round of 32. The 6-11 matchup in the West features teams that I have not seen play a lot this season. Uh, I know that TCU can be a competitive basketball team out of the Big 12, coached by Jamie Dixon. They're 21-12 on the year. And they played the winner of the first round matchup between Arizona State and Nevada. And look, Nevada or Arizona State, either one are plenty capable of winning this game. But ESPN predictions has TCU 
with nearly a 70% chance to move on, so I'm going to stick to my guns, go chalk, and pick TCU in this matchup. The 3-14 matchup in the West is not one in which I will be picking the 14 to win. <laughs> because of one person. Drew Timmy. Super senior Drew Timmy. Been in college for 375 years. Drew Timmy has been at Gonzaga as long as Nancy Pelosi has been an elected official representing our government. Okay. Um, look, Gonzaga's the three seed. They've lost five times this year. They're not unbeatable. And how do you not root for a team called the Antelopes? That is a for-profit university, by the way. Who does that? A for-profit university. The Antelopes have a fan base that is rabid and who will be disappointed. Gonzaga wins this one easily. The 7-10 matchup out west is one that could genuinely go either way. The Northwestern Wildcats are the 7 seed at 21-11 and 11 on the year, and Boise State is 24-9. and 9. They are the 10 seed out west. Both of these teams are defensive basketball teams. And Boise State is more than capable of winning. But I got to think the Northwestern pulls this one out. They're a Big Ten team. They've played a lot of quality opponents. I think that they move on to the round of 32. On to the round of 32 we go back into the South region. Where I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. The one seed facing the nine seed West Virginia Mountaineers. And look Alabama is a beatable basketball team. They're not invincible. They go long stretches of time where they don't score the basketball, where they miss outside shots. They rely on the three-point shot a lot. So West Virginia would have a chance in this game if they can muck it up, if they can play physical basketball, if they can keep Alabama off the offensive boards. Brandon Miller has started games slowly. However, I just think Alabama has too much scoring, has too much talent, and I think they move on in this matchup to the Sweet 16. The next game in the South region has the five-seed San Diego State Spartans against the four-seed, the Virginia Cavaliers. Give me Virginia. I don't think Virginia is the caliber that they have been in years past, but I think they're too good for San Diego State, and I think that they advance to the Sweet 16. And now we're about to get wild. We're about to get wild in the South region. Because my Creighton Blue Jays, I have them taking on UCSB, California Santa Barbara in the second round. And I told you Creighton was the team to watch, so they could make a real run. <sighs> but I'm about to pick a team to go to the Sweet 16 that will probably lose in the first round. Give me UCSB. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. I'm not a college basketball expert. I keep up with the game. I know my stuff. But for some reason, I'm throwing all that out of the shed. And I'm taking UCSB to defeat Creighton, who I told you to watch for, and to move on to the Sweet 16. Wild. The next matchup in the South has the 7-seed Missouri Tigers against the 2-seed the Arizona Wildcats. More cat matchups. Uh, more Tiger King type stuff happening on In the Shed with Wes in our, in our March Madness extravaganza. 
extravaganza. I think Arizona is too talented. I think they have too much offense. They won the Pac-12, defeating UCLA. Give me Arizona to move on in this matchup. In the East region, we have the one seed Purdue against the nine seed FAU Owls. You could never touch an owl. And both of these teams are very, very good defensively. Purdue gives up 62 points a game. FAU gives up 65. But I just struggle to believe in Matt Painter coach teams come March. And this probably is not intelligent, okay? I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm leading with my heart. But until Purdue makes it to the Elite Eight or Final Four, um, I won't believe it. Give me the Owls. FAU to the Sweet 16. Next in the East, we have the Duke Blue Devils, the 5 seed against the Tennessee Volunteers, the 4 seed. And I've already told you that Tennessee is an elite defensive team. However, I think in this matchup, uh, missing their star guards like Kai Ziegler comes back to bite them. I just think they struggle too much to be consistent on the offensive end. And I think Duke finds a way to outscore Tennessee in a close matchup. John Shire and company advance over the Volunteers and end Rick Barnes' season. Duke to the Sweet 16 as well. The next matchup is one of Wildcats as I have the 6-seed Kentucky playing the 3-seed Kansas State. And I just think that Kentucky wins. I just think they win. If they get healthy, they have more talent in Kansas State. They have uh, the size necessary. They can shoot the ball a little bit better from the outside than they did last season. I have Kentucky moving on to the Sweet 16 here. The last second round matchup in the East is USC versus Marquette. And I think that the and I think that the Golden Eagles are just too much for USC. Um Marquette is an interesting team. They're 28 and 6. They play very fast offensively. They move the ball. They get out on the run, but defensively they really slow the pace of their opponent. They really slow things down. And I just don't think the USC will be able to score enough points. I think Marquette moves out of the East into the Sweet 16. In the Midwest, I have my Auburn Tigers, the 9 seed against the number one seed and a team that's been ranked number one for a lot of the season in the Houston Cougars. And I just don't see how Auburn can win this game. Um, I hope that they do. I hope that I'm wrong. I'll be rooting for them. But I just don't see Auburn being able to score enough points. I think that Houston will absolutely smother them, force them to take shots from the outside, which Auburn does not do well. Auburn fouls far too much. Houston will turn them over, and the Houston Cougars will beat my Tigers and move on in this matchup. The next game features the 12-seed Drake Bulldogs against the 4-seed Indiana Hoosiers, and Indiana will just be too much. Big Ten Freshman of the Year, All-American Center. Indiana has too much talent. They're too good of a basketball team, too well coached. Uh, They move on in this game. The next matchup I have in the Midwest region features the three seed, the Xavier Musketeers, against I have the 11 seed, the winner of the Mississippi State and Pittsburgh game. And again, if Mississippi State is in this game, I think that they can really make things interesting against Xavier. I think they match up well against them. But because there are so many unknowns, I'm going to have to go chalk. 
I'm going to have to go Xavier. They have some dynamic guard play. I think that they find a way to pull it out. They advance here. Xavier Musketeers in the Sweet 16. The next game in the Midwest region is a rivalry game. An old school rivalry game between two teams who will soon be in the same conference because I have the Texas A&M Aggies, the 7 seed, playing Texas, the Longhorns, the 2 seed, the team of Hank Hill. More! And most people would have Texas prevailing in this matchup. Texas has more talent. Uh, they're a better scoring basketball team. But I think highly of Buzz Williams. And I think highly of the SEC this year and the depth in that conference. And I think that if Texas A&M can get rolling offensively, they could make a deep run. I'm going to call for the upset. The Aggies move on to the Sweet 16, defeating their old rival in the Longhorns. In the round of 32 in the Western region, we have the number one seed Kansas Jayhawks against the eight seed, the Arkansas Razorbacks. I just spoke highly of the SEC and I meant it, but Kansas is too much. Kansas has too much talent. They score the ball too easily. Arkansas sometimes tends to get bogged down on offense. They're a year away from being an Elite Eight type team again under Eric Musselman. Give me Kansas in this matchup. Next in the West region, I have St. Mary's at 26-7 overall, the 5 seed against Rick Pitino and the Iona Gales at 27-7. And, and it's called March Madness for a reason, is it not? Um, I have the Gales moving on to the Sweet 16, a team that very well may lose in their first game. I have them going to the Sweet 16 because of coaching. Because of coaching. It's a boring answer, but that's my answer. Rick Pitino to the Sweet 16. And then probably to like Old Miss or Texas Tech or something. The next game features Gonzaga versus TCU. Drew Timmy over the Horned Frogs. Drew Timmy over the Horned Frogs. The Horned Frogs are not going to beat Drew Timmy. They're just not. They're a good defensive team, but he will score at will inside. Gonzaga moves on there. Now in the Sweet 16, we jump back up to the South region where you have Alabama versus Virginia. And in my mind, this is Alabama's first chance to be upset. Their first legitimate chance in this tournament to be upset because Virginia can bog things down. Virginia is a defensive team. Virginia does have the type of, of coaching. Uh, they will put together an elite game plan uh, to, to make everybody not name Brandon Miller win this game. If Alabama does not shoot well from the outside, they could lose this one. But even so, I'm going with the Crimson Tide. I'm a War Eagle fan, and I'm going with the Crimson Tide. Um, in a weird, twisted sense of things, they're going to beat the team that Auburn lost to in the Final Four a few years ago. Virginia double-dribbled. They double-dribbled. Auburn was the best team in that tournament. We all know it. Virginia double dribbled. Alabama wins this game. The other matchup in the South features my Gauchos. The UCSB Gauchos versus Arizona. And Arizona is just far too talented. The Wildcats win. Move on to the Elite Eight. In the East region, you have the Florida Atlantic Owls. You could never touch an owl. Just be honest. Just be realistic against the Duke Blue Devils. 
And Florida Atlantic makes a great run. They've won 31 games overall. But Duke is too much. Duke to the Elite Eight. As much as I hate to say it, Duke to the Elite Eight. In the other matchup in the East, my Kentucky Wildcats will beat Marquette, I believe. John Calipari has honestly had a kind of touch-and-go, sort of disappointing season. A phenomenal recruiting class coming in next year, as always. But I think that Kentucky finds a way to win. They're a scrappy bunch. They've played much better the last month and a half. I think they find a way to beat Marquette and to move on to the Elite Eight. In the Midwest, you have the number one seed Houston Cougars against the four seed, the Indiana Hoosiers, one of the four teams that I gave you. And I think that Indiana is capable of beating Houston. I think that Indiana matches up well in this game. I think that their size gives them a chance. But I think that Houston is just too poised. I think they're too good defensively. I think they turn Indiana over. And the Houston Cougars advance in this game. The next matchup I have in the Midwest is the number three seed Xavier Musketeers versus the seven seed Texas A&M Aggies. And I think that the Aggies are too much inside. Dexter Dennis and his ability to play defense, to block shots, to rebound, the guard play of Texas A&M. I think that their defense is too much for Xavier. I think Texas A&M pulls another upset and they make the Elite Eight. And what is sure to be the best matchup of all in the Sweet 16 between the third seed Gonzaga Bulldogs and the two seed UCLA Bruins. I'm going to go with the Bruins in a toss up. I'm going to go with the Bruins in a game that might come down to the last possession. These two teams have, have matched up before in the tournament in recent years and given us instant classics. And look, I think that UCLA losing Jalen Clark for the season hurts. But I think that their guards make the difference. Jamie Jacquez Jr., Tiger Campbell, even freshman Amari Bailey, I think that UCLA can outscore Drew Timmy and company. I think that they bottle up Timmy inside. They limit him, and without him, UCLA wins this game. UCLA over Gonzaga in a close one out west. Moving on to the Elite Eight and back to the South region where the Alabama Crimson Tide played the two-seed, the Arizona Wildcats, in what would be a phenomenal matchup. A matchup with a lot of NBA talent on the court. And I'm going to go with Arizona. I think that their experience in the front court gets them over the hump. They're a very efficient offensive team. Both of these teams won their conference tournament championships. They're both well-coached. Alabama is certainly capable of winning this game, but I think that Arizona pulls it out. I certainly would root for Arizona to pull it out and keep Alabama from ever getting a Final Four, which would make me a War Eagle fan happy. I'm going with the Wildcats in this matchup. In the East region, I have the Duke Blue Devils against the Kentucky Wildcats, my Kentucky Wildcats. A matchup that would be awesome for college basketball. Duke and Kentucky again in the Elite Eight. Uh, when it matters most in March. And this is a game that could go either way. Duke is certainly capable of winning this game. They may be the better basketball team. But I'm going to go with Oscar Shibway. In his last dance, I'm going to go with Oscar Shibway in the paint. I'm going to say that Kentucky just overpowers Duke inside. That they out-rebound the Blue Devils. That they find a way to win. That they play their best basketball in March. Give me Kentucky over Duke and the Wildcats to the Final Four. 
In the Midwest region, I have the Houston Cougars against the Texas A&M Aggies, the one versus the seven. And if these two teams make it this far, I do think, call me crazy, I do think Texas A&M could pull it out. But I'm going to go with the Cougars. They've been one of the better teams in college basketball all season, even with injury concerns. I think that Houston finds a way to win. I think that they have an easier time scoring the basketball. And again, I think they turn Texas A&M over. I think they would force long stretches of time where Texas A&M struggles to score the ball. And I'm going to go with Houston to the Final Four out of the Midwest region. Now West, I have pretty much chalk with the one seed Kansas playing the number two seed UCLA. Again, in a game that would be phenomenal to watch if you're a basketball fan. Um, I do think UCLA could easily get upset before making it this far in this tournament. But I don't think Kansas is invincible. I think we've seen times this year where Kansas has shown chinks in their armor. Where they've had lapses. They are coached by Bill Self. Tends to happen sometimes in March. I don't expect Kansas to cut the nets down. I'm going to go with the Bruins to beat them and to make the Final Four out of the West region. So my Final Four looks like this. I have Arizona and Kentucky, Houston and UCLA. A 2, a 6, a 1, and a 2. Not exactly chalk, but a lot of blue blood, certainly. And in the Final Four, I see Arizona beating Kentucky. If Kentucky makes a Final Four run, it will be an immaculate run for that team. Considering how they've looked a lot of the year, considering how they've struggled to put the pieces together and to find rotations, they certainly have the potential to do so, but I think the Arizona is a better basketball team I have Arizona moving on to the championship. And then I have Houston beating UCLA. I think that Houston's defense is elite. They're one of the better three to five defensive teams in the country. Um, Kelvin Sampson is, is an experienced head coach. UCLA also has some injury concerns. And they don't have as much experience from their guards as Houston does. I'm going to go with Houston to the championship game. So in the NCAA championship game, I have March Madness all coming down to this. The Arizona Wildcats versus the Houston Cougars. And I'm going to go with Arizona to win it all by a score of 76-69. to I think they just have too much offense for Houston. I think Houston will make a deep run. I think they're a very capable team. But I just have a sense that maybe this is Arizona's year. Maybe offense wins the day. I have the Arizona Wildcats cutting down the net, winning the national championship game this season. And that's what I have, my babies. That's how I see things playing out, my tools. That is my first glance at the bracket ever. And I just ran through it with you, region by region, matchup by matchup. I think the Arizona Wildcats win it all. Will I be wrong? Probably so. Chances are I will. Chances are I will probably be wrong. But hey, I stayed up really late. It's storming outside. I'm under a tornado warning or watch, whichever one isn't so serious. It's okay. The walls of the shed are shaking just a little bit, but hey, I'm here for you. It's all for you. What do you think? What does your bracket look like? Where did I go right? Where did I go wrong? 
What upsets did I miss? How far is your team going to make it? I would love to hear from you. Let me know. Get at me. Send me an email at intheshedwithwes at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at intheshed4 and let me know what you see happening. But this is my bracket. This is my bracket of integrity. The only one that I'm going to fill out and we'll see how it works out. Thank you for joining me in the shed tonight. I've got to flee to safety, my tools. That's all for this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I can't either. It's back in the house and out of the shed for me. Thanks again for listening to episode 59. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, and review. It really does help. If you have any paranormal experiences, opinions about sports or politics that you'd like to share, you can email the show at intheshedwithwes at gmail.com. Again, that's intheshedwithwes at gmail.com. I might even read it on air. Look for us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Good Pods app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at InTheShed4. Tune in again next week when we'll hit the headlines, check in on our bracket, and take a deep dive into the Coast to Coast Area 51 tapes. This has been In the Shed with Wes Anderson, the best news show in the land covering politics, sports, and the paranormal. Have an adventurous and fulfilling week. I'll catch you tools later. Peace out, Boy Scout. Meemaw, we made it? We sure did.